everyone. Welcome to CMO Conversations. I'm Trisha Gelman, the CMO of Drift. And um, in this podcast, I interview CMOs. I try to publish every other week. And my goal is to talk to CMOs about what it's like to weather the storm of the changes that are happening for CMOs in the world. And also to um, sort of look at what it means in my mind to be CMO 3.0. And what I mean by that is that as a CMO, you should be stepping up to be a leader that's adding value, not just for marketing, but across the organization, helping to bring everybody together and also taking ownership of revenue, not leads. So you may not have realized this, but in the past three and a half, four months, I have been on maternity leave. I worked my little butt off before I went on leave to do lots of interviews so that we could have podcasts running every other week while I was out. Um, but now this is my first episode uh, recording while I'm back and we've decided to do something totally different. And instead of me interviewing people, I have with me Dina Upton, who's the Chief People Officer of Drift. And we're going to talk about my journey to motherhood and what it's like to be a CMO at a hyper growth company and, you know, be have a new little baby at home. Welcome back, Trisha. You've had quite the journey. Um, well, thanks, Dina. It's, it's good to be back. I'm still adjusting, but it's good to be back. Um, what what made you decide to write the article that you did and you published in Business Insider and, and what has the response been? Yeah, when I was um, talking to the team about being out on maternity leave, one of the things that came up is just like what a big deal it was for me to be having a kid. And I think people just think, oh, you want to have a kid, you decide you're going to have a kid. It's like in the fairy tales and the movies, and it's so simple. Um, but, you know, I started expressing my anxiety about it because it had taken so long. And like up until the moment that we had our child, I kept thinking like, it's still not going to happen, it's still not going to happen. And so um, I kind of was talking about it a lot to people and realized like it's kind of... Uh, it's beneficial to me, but it's also beneficial to a lot of people to really talk about these stories because for so long in my journey to have a child, I felt really isolated and I was struggling with the fact that like something's wrong with me. And it's because these topics of like fertility and um, having a child when it's not working out 100% are just kind of taboo, right? Like people don't talk about miscarriages, et cetera. But then when you start talking about it, you find, oh my God, there's so many people who have the same challenges. And so I wanted to create an environment where maybe if I put my voice out there, it would encourage other people to put their voices out there so we could stop this sort of taboo culture. Um, and I think like it's somewhat working because there were people that I don't even know who like saw, I posted about the article in LinkedIn and then people posted back and I didn't know them and they shared with me their own journeys or they shared like how they felt like it was so important because they knew other people who had the problem. and. I think that that's good. Like if I can feel like I helped a couple people to me, that's like really, um, you know, an awesome feeling. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when you were, when you were talking to us like two years ago, um, or two years ago, was it? Two yeah. Years? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. when you were interviewing Drift, you, you did interview, you asked questions about, um, our <clears throat> primary and secondary care leave and, 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 and you were sort of, um, inquiring about work-life balance and, and the questions that you asked us were, were 
geared toward that. A any advice for people as they're exploring other opportunities? Um, how do you get a sense of what, I mean, a lot of companies say, we're family friend friendly. We're yeah. gonna make sure that you have work-life balance. How do you get to the heart of whether or not that's actually really experienced at an organization? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's hard. And I do think that a lot of people, when they're interviewing, they think that what they have to be on their best behavior because it's all about whether the company picks them. And I think, like, as I've grown my career, I start to realize that it's not just about, like, is a company going to pick you? But it's like, are you going to pick them? And I think you have to have that approach that, like, you're looking for certain things when you're interviewing as well. Like, not just about, like, family leave and things like that, but, like, is this going to be a culture where you can be successful? I mean, one of the things that over my career I've realized is super important is diversity and inclusion. And so, like, I ask, like, who is on your board? Who is, um, you know, in the executive team? What are you doing to help promote these things? Because I don't want to go somewhere where it's not okay. Like, these are things that I've really spent a lot of time thinking about, like, what matters to me. Yeah. And I encourage everybody to really think what on a prioritized list, what matters to you? Is it the technology that you're going to represent when you are doing the marketing or is it the culture or the brand or like what are the things that matter? And so I think um, as well, like if you ask about if this matters to you, right, this idea of being able to be your whole self at work and being in a place that's going to be like open to the idea that you're not going to work, you know, like 24 seven because you're going to have to leave to go feed your kid at night or whatever. Um, you know, if that's not, if that's important to you and you're not asking about it and then you get there, it's going to be bad for everybody. Right. And I also think like if you screen for it up front and then like maybe you don't have kids and you're like, oh, I changed my mind. But if you do, then later on, you don't have to feel like, oh my God, it's such a heavy conversation that I have to tell somebody I'm going to want to take leave because they already know, like that's part of the package they bought into with you. Yeah. And you've been back for um, a month, which probably seems like a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, how, how's the transition been? Yeah. I mean, I made the decision that I would literally shut off work when I went out on leave. And I just felt like this is a once in a lifetime thing to like have these early days of my child's life. And it took us so long to get here. Like, why would I try to work while I was also trying to figure out how to be a mom? And, um, and so I, as a part of that, I kind of, in my mind, recognized that as a leader, there would be a lot of decisions that were made that I would just have to kind of get on the bus when I got back, which I think is difficult because I'm used to being a big collaborator in those decisions. But, um, you know, that's, I would say that was one of the trade-offs is like, you have to sign up to the fact that you're just going to go along with your other leaders and you feel confident in the company that that's okay. Um, but I just didn't feel like I could be engaged in the way I would want to be and be like out, like there was kind of one or the other. Yeah. Um, and so coming back, it's definitely been really hard harder than I thought it would be like one I felt like you know it's just like oh I spent all this time with this child and I've been wanting to have this child for so long and then now I'm just gonna see her like two to three hours a day or something because they sleep so much <laughs> <laughs> um and uh and yeah so I think it's just um it's been hard to like trade off the time re-engage on the projects and then I think like at Drift specifically like we're such a hyper growth company we have so many things going on it's just like even re-engaging in all the projects like finding the time to get up to speed is just it's been a challenge yeah did you um 
did you ever think like as you were sort of picturing coming back to work um you're a planner trisha i know that because <laughs> i know you <laughs> but uh, you can't plan everything right you can't plan that maybe your child will have trouble eating or you can't plan right. there's certain things you can't plan how do you how do you emotionally get over that because like you're you're planning somebody else you're planning a child's schedule that you don't have complete control over and especially right. as they're three or four months old it's hard to do that how do you how do you manage it yeah i mean i think that actually this is the biggest thing i mean i think in life like hopefully you're taking risks and you're putting yourself out there to do new things all the time to have this sort of like continuing learning and growing experience in life, right? And grow your career, grow your experience level, fail on things and be okay with the failure. But I think like I've found that in this baby thing that like, you know, there are these milestones, you know, there's these things, but you don't know how you're going to feel when it happens. And so like we were um, really lucky to be able to hire somebody to help us in the first two months. Yeah. And I kind of saw that as a way to invest in my marriage and my child's success. Um, like some people were like, well, that's really expensive to hire, you know, a nurse for the first couple months. But I'm like, it's more expensive to go through divorce and to, <laughs> and to go through counseling, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and so, uh, so we had this other person and I always knew like, we're going to have this person for two months and then like super expensive. So we're not going to have them. But then when it happened, I was like, oh crap. Like now I have to be the leader. Like I have to step in and make the decisions and I have to do the stuff. And I found it really overwhelming. And the same thing when I came back, I'm like, I knew I was going to come back. I knew I would have to go through the challenges of saying goodbye in the morning and coming home and like all of these things. But in the end of the day, like once you do it, like you start to feel what's happening. And it was hard at first because I didn't know like what would bother me. Yeah. And, and then I realized in the first week that I was having a hard time just like getting up to speed with everything. And I had to realize, okay, like what are the things you really need to get up to speed on and how can you prioritize those meetings and talking to those people? And then I also realized like I wanted to, you know, be able to like check in with the nanny to understand like what's happening in the middle of the day. So like maybe right. not be there, but at least like get an update and get pictures. So I asked her to like start sending me pictures and things. So I think it's just like checking in with yourself and understanding like what's really going on with yourself on a regular basis and right. then being able to pivot. Have you noticed any changes or differences in the way you approach your work, like the way you lead your team or the way you consider kind of marketing in general because of the, um, well, the addition to your family and then the time that you've taken away from work? Yeah. Um, I don't know yet about like any different way of thinking of marketing. I think like with COVID, what I at first found is that like, obviously you have to bring much more empathy into your marketing, into your leadership, into everything. And then I think like it's very emotional having a child and like not being there all day to see like how they're developing and everything. And so maybe that's impacting like, like I think a lot of what we're looking at right now is like our brand and what does it stand for? And, you know, we kind of rebranded the company look and feel before I left in a whole new category. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out like, how do we, how do we make it resonate at an emotional level, like right. what we're doing and what our brand stands for? And I don't know that that's really being influenced by like the emotional component of having a child or if it's just really like where we need to be. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so it's hard to say that. But I do think on, like, how I'm working now, I kind of let, like, the work life overtake almost my personal life with COVID because I was never leaving the house. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, I'm here. So, yeah, I can jump on a Zoom. Like, it's not like I'm in my car commuting. It's not like I'm doing something else. And so before I went on leave, I was working a lot. And now... I'm just not willing to put that much time, right? Right. And I don't have that much time. Otherwise, it's like, why do I have a child? And so I'm finding that I definitely am having to pick up much more ruthless prioritization. And then also prioritizing, like, the things that I need, like, the time I need to move forward on the agenda that impacts what I have to do. Like, prioritizing that. Because historically, in my whole life, I've prioritized everyone else over myself, And so it's been a big exercise of identifying like, okay, if I'm on the board for these metrics for this month, like, am I prioritizing the meetings that are going to get us to those metrics versus helping Dina to get to her metrics or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, you, you mentioned to me that you found inspiration in some of the children's books that you've been reading to Liliana. Can you share an example of how you're bringing that into your day to day? Uh, yeah, it's funny because um, you think of children's books as just like these like fluffy little nursery rhymes and things like that. But lots in of today's good nuggets in there, yeah, there's like so many nuggets. Like um, there's one book that's like about this fish and um, how it has all these like shiny scales and it's like thinks it's the like coolest fish in the sea. And there's like a little meager fish that wants one of his shiny scales and he's like, no way, I'm not going to give it to you. And it's just so rude. And so I'm like. Liliana, that fish is being rude. You don't want to be rude, you know? Like, it doesn't say that in the book, but that's the lesson. And then, like, in the end, it gives away its um, scales. So then it can kind of have, like, a posse of people to hang out with and not be so lonely. Um, And I think, like, that's really good, like, work lesson, right? It's, like, how do you, as a leader, bring everybody along versus just trying to, like, chart your own path yourself and, like, you know, be all ego-driven and everything else. Um, there's another book, which is like Jamie Lee Curtis book about like big words for little people or something. And it has words like impossible and confidence and, um, perseverance. And it's interesting, like when we were talking about perseverance and I was like, well, you know, you're here because we had a lot of perseverance and, um, it just makes you realize like, like the things that matter again, like back to that whole point of what, of what matters and, I think that that's one of my big lessons is about the journey. Like, I think that's something that defines me when I was um, a lot younger and I started doing Ironman. Like, our coach was basically talking about how, like, life is more about the journey than it is about the destination. And that sounds weird because you're like, oh, you're going to do this race and it's like a total destination to get the race checkbox, you know. But you don't really enjoy it if you just focus on getting to the race like you have to enjoy the journey along the way um and a lot of times things don't work out the way you want so you have to have the perseverance or at least understand like truly what matters to you and what's on your checkbox list at any given time yeah that's awesome you're you're the cmo at a hyper growth software company you're also the mom of a four-month-old right now so um time is not necessarily on your side uh how do you how do you manage that trisha you know i know you've been back at work for a little over a month um you talked a bit about sort of delegating to your teams but any any tricks that you have or um thought process or philosophy you have on on trying to be trying to be really good at both of those things mom 
spouse, all three of those things, mom, spouse, yeah, yeah. CMO. I mean, I think there's just so many things. And I think that's something about like, as you go through life, like you go from being a single person and being super selfish to kind of expanding your horizon in terms of what it is that you're trying to juggle. And I think for me right now, like for sure, once you have a child, it's like, where do you find time for yourself? And how do you make sure that you do have some of yourself time? Because otherwise, if you're not having strength yourself, then you basically can't give to everybody else, whether it's your work or your family or your child or whatever. Um, so generally what I'm trying to do is a couple of days a week, get up really early, like 5.30 or 6. Um, and then I am trying to work out for 30 minutes. And then instead of being the person who's feeding Liliana before the nanny comes, like I've agreed with my husband that he does that so I can get ready. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, I mean, it's even at home, like, how are you delegating what needs to get done? Um, and then during the day, like, I'm really um, prioritizing what it is I'm doing, wh what meetings am I spending time in, where am I giving my time? Because I do really pride myself on trying to mentor people and make myself, you know, time for people that I just meet through, like, LinkedIn and, like, listeners here who reach out and say, you know, hey, I'd love to get your opinion on this or that. And so really thinking twice of, like, what am I doing with my time? Why am I doing it? Like, what bucket does it fill? Right. Um, and then with my um, direct reports, I have, like, a Google Doc that I go through for every one-on-one. -on -one. So we take the notes, and it's really clear, like, what are we working on? And, like, that's, like, a good reference. So, you know, you're juggling so many different things. You can always go back to it. You don't forget something. Right, right. I think that's really good, too. Yeah. And one of the things I think we talked a little bit about this earlier, but when you were um, when you were interviewing Drift for this role, you know, you said or you had told me that relationships were really, really important. So you were you were interviewing the executive team um, on how our how we how we interacted with each other, how we supported each other. Um, I think you know how how did you assess? You know, I think you you talked a bit about it earlier, but. Um, how did you how did you know Drift was this place for the spot for you? Um, yeah, I think I mean, as a CMO, I think this is one of the hardest things, to be honest, because there's a lot of open positions for like VP of marketing or CMO, depending on the size of the company. But like there's a whole multifaceted thing, I think, that has to work. Like you have to find a technology that you're passionate about because it's a lot of work to be a CMO. And if you're not passionate about what the product is, like you're up Shit's Creek. Yeah. Um, the next thing is the team. Like, do you want to work with these people? And do you feel like they are going to be your peers? Are you going to learn from them? Like, are they really going to help to accomplish the goals? Because you don't want to be in a situation where you're the only one who is kind of like on this page of whatever the goals might be. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, finally, it's like, are you going to have the right tools and materials to kind of be successful? Right. Like I interviewed at companies where um, like they didn't have values that made sense. And so there were like no women in the executive team. There was no women in the board. There was no concept of a HR or people person who right. was helping to push forward on culture. And I'm like, well, I'm going to fail because you want me to build a high performing marketing team. But like you don't care about the things that people I would want to hire care about. And so then I'm not going to be able to, you know, build that team. And so I think that to me was like the interview process is to try and figure out all of these things. And I think in the end of the day, like one, I love the fact that um, DC and Elias like worked together before because it's also a dance to get the executive team together and to have them gel. Right. 
And so at least if you have part of the team that's worked together before and they've been successful together before, you know that like some of that at least is is in the checkboxes. Right. Um, so to me, that was great. And then also seeing other people that I thought I would like love to work with and that had like a constant desire to like learn and grow. Like I love that about Drift. Awesome. Well, Dina, we're running out of time and um, I thought it would be pretty scary to talk about myself, but I think it's great. And one of the things that I always do in the end of my show is I ask the um, person, the guest uh, to share like one piece of advice. And so I think I have to close on uh, one piece of advice. And I think like we've talked about it a lot, but my piece of advice is really to like check on yourself and identify like what are your priorities not what do you want to do what title do you want to have but really what are the priorities and the things that matter to you is it about bringing your whole self to work is it about you know working in the most innovative technology like what are those things and then how do you start to carve out your career path to achieve your career goals but at the same time make sure that you're not sacrificing on those things that really matter to you Love it. Um, so uh, that's a wrap. And I want to thank you all for listening to CMO Conversations, where I am the host and also today the guest. Um, thank you, Dina, for um, having this conversation with me. Um, I always love our conversations. And, like, you're a mom as well. And, you know, you always bring like, great news about your um, children and your family to work, which I think, you know, it just lightens the load and helps make everything fun. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, you can um, help us promote the show by going into whatever channel you use to download your podcast and giving us like, you know, five thumbs up, six stars, whatever it might be. And, um, you know, spread the word. Thank you for listening. And uh, I maybe you're happy to hear that in my next episode, I will be interviewing an actual CMO, not myself. <laughs> uh, so thanks for uh, being a listener. <laughs>